Hi there, your host Janika here. Welcome to the Just You podcast. If you've arrived here, there's absolutely no coincidence. It means you're ready to take control of your life story and make the narrative yours. Let's get into it. Hi, storytellers, and welcome back to another episode of the Just You podcast. Today, I'm going to be connecting you to another brilliant storyteller, and this time it is with one of Australia's favorite parents, Amy Gerard. And Amy is fantastic. She has really built up a community of women and some men who literally tune into her storytelling forms, her podcast, her social media, her columns, just to hear her thoughts, opinions and stories. And she's done this simply by being her true authentic self, nothing more and nothing less. And, you know, Amy's been cracking me up since the first time I came across her content on Instagram. And since then, she really, uh, it's been an absolute treat watching her in the sidelines, just continue to step into her power of storytelling and becoming an incredible content creator for both brands and herself, a successful podcaster and a writer. And she's even in the process of writing her very first book, which I just think is such a brilliant move for her. I can't imagine a more interesting story that I would like to read about. So in this chat, we talk about being an open book and what that means and looks like. You know, we talk about using social media as an online journal and laughing things off and keeping it real. We deep dive on getting honest about who you are, what your stories are and how you show up in the world. And then we naturally segue into birth stories because, hey, Parenting and storytelling is so important and it goes hand in hand in my opinion. So join us for an honest chat on what it's like being an open book. Hello and I'm connecting with you, Amy Gerard. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I am just absolutely stoked to be chatting with you today. So <laughs> can't keep well, a smile off my face. I uh, have just finished a Pilates session which absolutely kicked my butt so I'm feeling like a boiled potato at the moment but I'm here and that's all that matters yeah and your Pilates inspiration has been wonderful for me oh, to be honest you Loving know it. what I actually took I had like a week off I was down in Milton with the family and a couple of days before that life admin stuff got in the way so I hadn't been for about a week and I went today and I, honestly it was like my first Pilates class all over again. I You lose your muscle retention that quickly. Yeah, that's it's such, so challenging. That's such a load of shit. I've, I've been doing it for six years and then it just dissipated. All my muscle retention's just gone. That's how they get you in every day because they <laughs> you need to keep it up. Otherwise, you seriously hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah, I should have taken like a pre-workout or something. I need something to get me up there in the mornings these days. Be buzzing, yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't look terrible as though you said oh. you did. You look fine and I'm really excited to chat with you. So today, I think I'll just dive in and I'll ask you the first question and that oh. is, what does storytelling mean to you and why is it so important? Um, storytelling for me is a really nice way to unpack certain events. So I've always loved writing um, and I've loved, uh, you know, sharing parts of my life as I go. Even before Instagram was around and social media platforms and stuff, 
I would always write. I always had pen pals over in the UK. Um, I just loved sharing parts of my life. I loved being able to look back on letters that I'd written. My mum and dad, I lived over in the UK when I was 21 and I wrote this letter to my mum and dad in, you know, pen to paper. Yeah. You know, those yeah. Um, and they still have it now and they still, and it's it was just me basically telling them the story of my time over in the UK and what it was like. And I enjoy, you know, making my stories entertaining, engaging. Um, they seem to think it was very funny. And it's nice because now, you know, 15 years later, I can read that back and it, it rejigs my memory of that whole experience. So I think it's a really nice concept um, to tell stories, whether it's to friends, family, or for me to now tell stories to my children. Totally. Um, yeah, it's a really nice concept and I think it's really important as well. Keeps the memory fresh and alive, you know. Yeah. So are you a diary keeper? Have you kept diaries or journals in the past? Um, teenage Amy, yes. I used to do Dear Diary. Yeah. Um, uh, also a hopeless romantic. I remember my boyfriend in school, I went out with him for a year and every single day I wrote him a letter in a book. And then mm -hmm. on our one year anniversary, oh my God, such a sucker. <laughs> on our one year anniversary, I gave him said book where it was just like, I love, you know how intense the first love is. I love, so you, intense. So, love you so much. My heart feels like, you know, it, it could I can't wait to kiss you. Oh, yeah. God, it, I, I hope to, for uh, both our sakes, it's burnt somewhere. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't overly good at keeping a journal up in, up until, social media came about and then that kind of became an online journal for me yeah totally and then yeah. it has the images as well to go along with it which is awesome so much better as well I reckon yeah definitely yeah. I also am a diary keeper and had 13 year old Janika writing <laughs> story entries and they are horrific to read back on I'm like oh my gosh it was so intense in the jungle of at the playground in year five <laughs> like it was a jungle out there oh well my dad he's so adorable um he does do one creepy thing and that's he keeps all our teeth um but we won't talk about that well he <laughs> does keep all the letters and cards that we've written him so we, we we actually found a box under his bed the other day and it was letters that I had written him when I was eight or nine or ten when I had said, I don't know, shit or something. My dad is very, very strict with when it comes to swearing. So I must have let one slip and then I was writing with remorse and apologizing. Oh yeah. He's like highlighted it in red like <laughs> <Yeah>. Amy. <laughs> and but it was it's so cute. I um I'm waiting for my children to be able to write proper sentences before I start holding on to things. Right now they bring home like scattered paintings from daycare and they just go straight oh, in the bin. Same daycare. My gosh, bless them for keeping track of whose kids is what painting. <laughs> but it's a lot of stuff, scrap paper shoved in there. <laughs> but also they said something home the other day from Kobe and it was like a piece of paper and it had two bits of glitter on it. And I was like, how, how do you even – I think they just – round up all the paper at the end of the day and just divvy it out into bags yeah yeah this one's Kobe's yeah, yeah. I think Stop sending us shit home yeah <laughs> yeah 
So we digress because, yeah, we could chat all day about that stuff. I completely agree with you on the journals and how interesting and fascinating it is to look back on your writing and your storytelling. And, you know, at this point, a lot of people listening likely already recognize your voice, but maybe for those who are new to you, maybe just explain who you are and what you do. Mm. So I am Amy. I am a mom of three. Uh, and I have obviously a social media platform where I do, you know, I work with a few brands and I create bespoke content. I also do my own content on there. Um, that's kind of where everything has, my social media platform has basically been the foundation upon which other things have been built. So it initially started out as just a platform, like an online journal. So it was, you know, from when we were, young going out and then you know when I met Ryan he got a debut and then people got to know him on the socials and then I got pregnant very quickly after meeting him and it was it's an online journal of all these different events in my life Um, and there's photos attached as well which is really nice and so I have my social media platform and I just shared all the highs and the lows, pregnancy, motherhood, all of that jazz. And then I started working with other brands. And then from there, the podcast was also born. So I have a podcast called Beyond the Likes, which is just a little bit of a deeper insight into my personality because, you know, you're hearing me in your ears as opposed to just reading words that I've written. Um, You know, I've got on lots of my family and friends, which are a huge part of my life as well as other guests. I also write a column for The Latch, which is kind of like an online editorial um, kind of app type situation. So mm-hmm. I just write like a parenting lifestyle column for them. Yeah. I am also in the works uh, writing my own book. Oh, I was going to say, uh, if you ever wrote a book, you would have me knocking at your door to oh, get it. Oh, that's so good because I've yeah. got... Um, I very much struggle with imposter syndrome and sometimes I'm like, oh, who would buy this? But I'm, I'm doing it more because I just, I love to write and I love to share stories and um, I You're love very to- good at it. You are very well, good at it. Oh, you- I don't know. <laughs> You are, the imposter syndrome is something that we talk about a lot on this podcast because mm-hmm. it is really strange when you kind of step into your own weight of your voice and, and sharing that in an open and vulnerable way. But you've built this community of people who really connect with you and tune in to hear your stories. So I think a book is absolutely the best step you could make because yeah yeah, like you said the podcast is a deeper dive into the stories and like your online journal through content and then the book is just going to catapult that even more. I'm so excited for you. Yeah I mean look it's going to take ages. I didn't realize books take so long to I have to write chapters and they go off and then they come back and blah 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 blah. Anyway I think it'll be really nice. I'd love my kids to be able to read it one day and all of that does. So there's a few things that I juggle uh, aside from obviously three children um, and a household and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much me. You're in very busy. You're yeah. very, very busy. It's, it's remarkable. It's so good. when you started your journey of sharing through storytelling mm-hmm. online in a creative format, what was that like putting that out into the world? I obviously know you're not shy, but yeah. in terms of, getting it all out there and just sharing so openly and honestly about 
the, the ups and downs and arounds and all of that of life. What was that like for you? So when I first started out, obviously I had a much, much smaller platform. It was basically just predominantly my friends and my family. And those people who already know me know what I'm like. Um, I've been an open book since birth, basically. I share it all. I, I am the person that says out loud what most people think internally. Yeah. And I've always been that way, even through school, high school, whatever. And so when I was kind of projecting that onto a social media platform with a smaller audience, it I didn't think twice about it. Now, I think that is how obviously I grew. And it was a very slow, organic build because I wasn't actively trying to build a community of women on there. I was just, I was sharing stages of my life and what I was going through and how I felt at the time. And obviously a woman, you know, someone would read it and then they'd share it to their friend. And then that person would share it to another friend. And so like people would slowly drip in and start following and be like, oh, I can relate to that. That's also what I feel like in my pregnancy. And oh yeah, I don't, my libido is holidaying in Mexico as well. (laughs) That Um, was hilarious. Yeah. Well, and I just think I would just write stuff that is relatable. Um, And so people enjoyed coming along the journey feeling also less alone on their on their journey. Now, where it became a little bit tricky was when I did start to get a little bit bigger. You know, I remember I remember a lady, a girlfriend of mine actually, who had quite a large following. She said, you know, it, it is a double-edged sword. And you have to know that with more followers becomes more haters, essentially. Opinions. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And so you've always been, you know, your real authentic raw self, but the more people that follow you, you're going to get people who are like, Oh, that's an overshare. That's disgusting. Oh my God. Where's like, where's the privacy, blah, 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 blah. And so she was like, just be mindful of that and just stay true to who you are. And, you know, just know that you have absolutely no control over people's opinions of you and you can't appease everyone. And so that's something that I've kind of really held on to. Um, I am trying to, I, I have made a kind of decision with my kids starting school. I try and pull back a little bit from sharing them just to protect their privacy a little bit. I feel like when they're little babies and stuff and we're just talking about the early years and three-year-olds throwing down over not being able to eat a bar of soap and stuff like that. That's all very harmless stuff. It's pretty common. Um, yeah, yeah, real common. And so it's 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 a constant evolving platform and it's um, it's something that's really exciting. But, yeah, it, it look, unfortunately, that's the way of the world, right? Everyone's got opinions of everything. And if you try to appease everybody, you, like, you absolutely would not be able to. And I try and focus on the people that really enjoy my content and the stuff that I put out and the honesty that I give and share with others. And for those who, you know, want to poo-poo my stuff and have a massive opinion and put weight on your life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it speaks, it says more about them than it does me. You guys are still following me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's just so much energy that gets dispelled into the wrong spots in life when you go through and try to take people down for things like that I don't understand it I don't understand it either like I if I don't if I if there's an account that I follow or there's remarks that I you know I see that I don't agree with or something like that 
obviously unless there's a child at harm or something, I just unfollow them and I get on with my life. Yeah. I don't, I don't, if someone's having a cry and being really vulnerable on their platform, I would, I would view that as, you know, a woman reaching out for help or, you know, wanting some help and then, but others will view that as performative and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, you, uh, you can't win. So you just got to do you and stay true to who you are and focus on the good and not try and worry about the negative energy because that's a them thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's such good advice. And I actually, when you talk about when you started sharing about your motherhood journey and all of those real and authentic and honest stories about the funny, the good and the bad, like that's how I started following you as well way back because I was having my first child and I was probably one of the first one of my friends to go through having kids and so seeing that content and it probably like you said came through because someone shared it with me or I saw it and shared it with someone else and it was like oh what a breath of fresh air because especially in that time social media and talking about parenting and motherhood was all roses and daisies. That's, That's exactly right and I feel like that's half the reason why I shared the stuff that I did because I struggled to resonate with anybody because all I saw was these beautifully aesthetically curated feeds with oh beautiful captions about their child. And don't get me wrong, we all love our children. We yes. are absolutely, we absolutely adore them and we're very blessed to have them. But they, they absolutely can hand our asses to us <laughs> on a platter, right? And just I I was craving some honest feedback from mums and I, I wish that I had had, this sounds like I'm tooting my own horn here, but I wish that I had had someone like myself to, who was sharing kind of a little bit more of an authentic insight into motherhood because yep. I went into it thinking, oh, it's sunshine and rainbows. and Yeah, oh. I can wear white every day. <laughs> be fine. Literally. And it was not, it hit me like a freight train. I was like, where's the fucking manual? <laughs> no you're good no you can swear I uh talking about manuals I had that exact same thought and I gave birth to my kids in Canada and the government actually did give us this thick ass book that was about this big and it was a manual because I said to my husband (gasps) I was like I just I don't want to read you know the books are lovely about this is the way I raise my kids you might want to do this and this is how I gave birth you might want to do this it's like that's all fine and dandy but I just need a book that's going to tell me how to keep them alive (laughs) so that I know like what I'm supposed to look like and do with breastfeeding and you know all that jazz and the government actually did provide this thick ass book that Yeah, I know. I was like, uh, and I sent it back to Australia with my girlfriends who started having kids. I was like, read the manual. Like, it's amazing. Well, that's another thing. There's all these different, you've got like the gentle parenting, the the save our sleep. You've got so many different parenting books that you just, uh, uh, I was like, I, I, which is the right one? <laughs> like, yeah, it's I had no idea. So I didn't read any of them and I yeah. just like winged it basically. But yeah. a manual would have been great. So how did motherhood shape and change your storytelling? I don't think it really changed it so much. I've always been a really big storyteller teller from like travelling stories or you know, I've always written. I've always written in diaries, written love letters, written to my parents, written to pen pals. Um, so it didn't really change it, but it definitely 
made it more consistent because I could write about something different every day almost. I could write about the development of my child. I could write about the absolute shit show that was Thursday. I could write about, you know, our first outing as a family of four. So it just made uh, my storytelling far more consistent and probably more engaging to read because I'm big on uh, maintaining a sense of humour in parenting. Um, I feel like it is absolutely paramount and uh, it is the one thing that you need to arm yourself with, you know, on your motherhood journey because that you have to be able to laugh stuff off because like (laughs) I always say you need to be able to work at the things that you can control and just laugh off the stuff that you can't. So if you're, if you've got a baby strapped to you and it's taken a shit all down your leg and you're walking back from coals and all the apples fall out. Oh yeah. You just gotta, you, you, you have to just laugh because otherwise you'll go insane. Yeah. And if you can just laugh in the face of adversity, you're going to be able to regroup quicker and you're going to be able to get on with your day and it won't ruin your whole day. Right. So um, I like to, I always say unpack each day, but I, I would write about it. Yeah. And that used to be almost cathartic for me. Cathartic? Is that the right word? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll go with it. Yeah, I'm really fun with it regardless. Um, it was a good way for me to, you know, relive the events of the day and be like, wow, I've survived. Yeah. <laughs> I survived the shit show that was today and pretty pretty funny, to be honest. And it's it's all about the stories that we tell ourselves to, like our mental stories of like, when the apples fall in the middle of coals and just having that moment where you're like, okay, it's not the end of the world. I'm fine. Everything's fine. All my kids are acting out and screaming in the middle of the shops. And does this really matter? Like how can I show up for myself in my story in this moment? Yeah. And I think there's just so many um, scenarios that where my kids have absolutely destroyed my existence like my son handed me a poo in the middle of Woolworths once and I I I can't even explain how many times my kids have had like stage 600 meltdowns in the middle of a a Woolies aisle and I used to share all that stuff um and people would relate to it because yeah at Been one there. point, you might not have a kid that does it all the time, but at one point in your life, you are going to experience that yourself. Yeah, been there, done that. And yeah. thank God I'm reading someone else has had the same experience. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And you're also really big on community. And I think storytelling and community is so essential. But like, I love that you're an active member of your community with your mum groups and getting out there and just relating to people in person. What's that like for you? Do you love storytelling in person as well? I, um, I loved, I, I love just bringing people together. So I love, um, I, I didn't have a mum's group when I first moved back to the Shire. So I just kind of me and a couple of girlfriends started one. And then I, you know, I would bring in another girlfriend and my other girlfriend bring in one. And then anyway, it ended up growing. And then I remember I actually put something out on my Instagram being like, Hey, if anyone wants to join my mom's group. And then there was a lot of people. Um, and that is, I love it. I love 
you know, we meet still to this day, obviously lots have dropped off. I've maintained it because I kept having kids, but you know, a lot of people only had one kid and then when their kid goes to preschool, they stop coming or stuff like that. Um, so it, it's kind of shifted ebbs and flows, but there's still a decent, there's probably about or oh, 15 of us still who most of the 15 are mums of three, but I love bringing, you know, like-minded women together and just, having some adult conversation, Um, being able to share stuff that went on through the night. Or I also love organizing mom's nights out. Yeah. (laughs) Partly the reason why I started a mom's group because I was like, the moms need a break. So I will orchestrate quarterly dinners, Christmas parties, and I'll find another excuse for something else. Um, Love it. But I love, I love bringing I love bringing women together. Um, so the mums group is something that I'm really proud of. And I think every woman should have a mums group when they have children. I think it, it, it it's imperative um, just to have, you know, a shoulder to lean on with against, you know, a shoulder to lean on from a woman who's going through the same thing as you. Um, and, yeah, I always try and get around to everybody. I I'm the person that will... My my husband always tells me, you you don't even draw breath like you just. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I had to talk at an event the other day, and he goes, "You'll be fine as long as you don't get nervous and start rambling." And I was like, "Well, of course I'm going to get nervous." Now I'm going to do that. Yeah. So I'm, I rambled the whole time. I started talking about dildos at one point because I was so nervous. <laughs> um, I want to say that that is um, a sweet trait of mine. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that makes people relate to you because they're like, she's not holding anything back from us. She is her true, authentic self all yeah. the freaking time. Yeah. And that's what people connect with. I really yeah. think so. Yes. Yeah. And you're really good at connecting people with other people as well in your community because you and I both have one of the same psychic friends yes. at Star Misfit. And yeah, and Anna, I got introduced to her through you. And yes. yeah, like there's just been so many different pieces of things that you've shared with the puzzles yeah yeah, definitely so Anna is amazing I've actually sent I think I got on my stories one night I've obviously been talking to her for so long and she would I remember she was following me and I only had Charlie and she said oh I can see us a we because she's she's Scottish right yeah she is is so wonderful I know the accent kills me. I love it. She said, I can see a wee little boy standing next to Charlie. And I said, oh, that's really nice. Like, we're going to try soon. And she goes, yeah, he's he's really close. And then I fell pregnant next month. Oh. And we, we never found out the gender, but I knew the whole time it was a boy, yeah. weirdly, because of Anna. She also said to me throughout my pregnancy, um, oh, how, how are you going? Are you having Braxton Hicks? I said, oh, not really. She goes, I am having Braxton Hicks. I'm thinking of you. And I was like, oh, that's unfortunate, babe. Yeah, like, that's okay. okay. She goes, because my first labour, sorry, we've segued into childbirth. That's okay. But- it's all part of storytelling. Oh, there we go. Okay. The story. Yeah. The- so she said to me, um, so my first birth with Charlie went for 30 hours and it was very long and very tedious and I had all of the drugs. And she said to me, oh, your birth with Bobby um, is going to be very different. It's going to be very quick. 
yeah. I um I'm almost worried that you might not make it to the hospital and I was like oh god don't oh, tell me that no and she goes I just when your waters break it's going to be very quick so um and I said oh that seems odd because my first was so long and she goes nah you're going to be an absolute superstar anyway didn't think anything of it and then I actually had to get induced with Bobby because I had this thing called cholestasis which is all to do with yeah bile acid and it's quite dangerous for the baby so they did my bloods they were like you need to get in here we need to get the baby out they broke my waters and he was out in 90 minutes oh my gosh 90 minutes my husband had packed like ipads with three movies an overnight set of pajamas all these snacks because our last one was so long and I just remember lying down and focusing on my breathing. And then I was like, I got to another level and I was like, oh, my God, I need the epidural. And then obviously I was at the end basically because that's when you always cry out for it. And then my midwife came in. She goes, oh, sweetheart, you needed a push. And like five pushes and he was out. Wow. I was like, wow. So she just nails it all the time. Yeah, she's wonderful. I can't believe that because I was one of those people that had like multiple long hour labors, like 20 plus hours. And I would hear stories of women being able to do it in short amount of times like that and just think, how? Wow. And actually on my second, when I was giving birth to my son, there was a lady there that was giving birth to her 10th child. What? 10th child. Yep. And the nurses were running around like chickens with their heads off being like hurry get this woman in the chair like she's she's ready to push and my husband and I were in the room and they got wheeled into the room next to us and within seconds I hear a baby crying and she she'd given birth in the wheelchair that they had oh my god and I was like oh my god 10 babies later it probably just fell out it's just yeah it was ready to just absolutely come out my god oh my gosh wow storytelling in parenting this is another reason why I think I was so excited to have you on because it really is so different for every single parent and I think by us being honest about what we experience and sharing the stories of the births and then after what that's really like, it can really help parents connect and feel like they're seen as well. So I think it's great. I love that you shared that with us just then. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. And so I won't keep you for much longer, but I would love to ask you one last question. And that is, if you were mentoring your younger self, your younger Amy, what would you tell her about stepping into her storytelling power? Oh, I would just say, I, I would just tell her to go for it and to not hold back and to kind of, I, I think being showing up as your truest, most vulnerable self, you, it, it allows you to find your people. It allows you to find the people who are going to connect with you, who are going to love you for who you are. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be on a platform. I just, I'm a big believer in not being a fake and not being a phony and being, um, you know, realistic about life and life is incredible, but it's also really challenging some days. And it's so nice. I think it's really important to, you know, share the highs and share the lows and, it, it helps people feel like they're right there with you on their own journey. And I think that's so powerful. And I think it's so important as well, because 
society can, you know, they have a, they have a knack of being able to just show you what you want to see or yeah. make you think that certain things should be done in a certain way. And that's not the case. Like everyone can parent in their own way in their own style and stuff like that. But I think just being true to yourself, you know, pays dividends in how you get to then live your life because you're not trying to be anything but your truest self. Yeah, definitely. And then when you're honest with yourself and you show up as that honest version, you attract yeah. the right people, like you said, yeah. and then you attract the right situations and you can follow your right path, which I'm so passionate about too. Yeah. And you just feel more aligned with who you are and more confident. Like I hate public speaking, but I feel very confident in who I am as a woman, what I have to offer as a friend. And, you know, I, I just feel like I am far more aligned. You can't call me out on bullshit because I will, I'll be the first to fall on my sword when I've done the wrong thing by a child or something like that. I am the first to admit when I'm at, you know, at fault or something like that. I just think it helps you align yourself better. And then you are more equipped to go, I'm using hand signals now. You're more equipped to go forth on the. I'm a hand talker as well. Yeah, you're a hand. I'm doing this you're as well. Hand. I've kept them across for most of the time, but yeah, you're then more aligned to go forth on the, you know, whatever path you choose to go on. Definitely. I, that felt like a inspirational. Speech. I know. Look at us go. <laughs> thank you for coming to our TED talk. Yeah, thank you everyone. But honestly, yeah. thank you, Amy. That was so awesome to have you on, oh. and it was a pleasure to chat with you today. It was my absolute pleasure too. Thanks for inviting me on. There is something about Amy's energy that is just so refreshing. And I guess one of the main takeaways that I had from our chat was her thoughts around how she wouldn't necessarily describe herself as a great public speaker, which is interesting because when you, you know, hear her speak and you look at her things from an outsider's perspective, you would think that that's something that she'd totally be cool and comfortable with. And so that was awesome that she got vulnerable and shared that with us. But I think what she was trying to tap into there and explained really great is that from within, she is able to communicate who she is because she knows who she is. And I wanted to dive a little deeper on that. So when you know who you are and you know what you have to offer because of who you are, that is when you are able to stand grounded in your expression and that is what storytelling power is all about. And too often we lose our sparkle when we engage in storytelling with someone that we admire or that we feel intimidated by or that we're trying to impress, etc., etc. And that is because that when we express, it doesn't come from a grounded center of knowing who we are. Have you ever said something and then immediately felt sick or unsure of yourself and thought, oh God, please, no one questioned me on that because I have no idea what I even just meant or what I said. <laughs> and that, my friends, means that you're expressing not from your grounded center. And when you find yourself doing that, just stop and take a deep breath, pause and remember who you are. Remember why you are and how you show up as yourself. If you're unsure of the answers to those questions, then it's time to get centered. And for me, I like doing that with meditation and journaling, but there are so many other ways to connect to yourself, going for a walk, getting out in nature, dancing, I don't know, Pilates, <laughs> whatever that might be. But just making sure that you're showing up in your grounded center will help you with your expression and help you step into your storytelling power. 
And that's it for this week, friends. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and I look forward to connecting with you and another great storyteller next week. Bye.